This plan is too far to the right to get past the Senate, and it's not far enough to the right to get past the House. Yeah, so uh, good luck with that plan. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ, 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 92.9 FM WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, Columbus, Ohio, WGRN 94.1, Palinville, New York, 102.9 WLPP, WPRR in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950. We're also heard coast to coast and around the globe on a bunch of places, including the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. We are back live today in the KPFK studios. Yes, you can hear us five days a week, but we are here live today uh, in dry, once again, for now, Los Angeles. My thanks to listeners here on our flagship station for your support of the uh, recent fund drive here at KPFK. Independent media being more important right now than ever. That should go without saying by now, uh, but it doesn't. So I'll say it again. Independent media. Please support uh, this station, no matter where you may be listening right now to the broadcast. Um, really appreciate it. And since we haven't been able to do so in a while, I want to open the phones today shortly. We're going to talk about repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, as the GOP moves quickly to try, at least, to try to do so. Uh, even though arguably the rollout of their plan could only have been worse, maybe, if it was Donald Trump's initial plan for banning Muslims from the U.S. So if you have any thoughts on that, I'd love to hear from you. I've got a lot to uh, uh, cover on that point today. We'll open the phones in a little bit. If you want to get in line right now, our phone number is 818-985-5735. Uh, but uh, before we get to all of that, we've got marches going around, going on around the country today. Uh, Women's March in downtown L.A. is going on right now. We've got KPFK's interim program director, Alan Minsky, I'm told, on the scene live down there from downtown L.A. Hey, Alan, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, it's great to join you, uh, Brad. And in fact, what we've had in downtown Los Angeles is we are starting now our second uh, event for International Women's Day, and it is at the Federal Building at on Los Angeles Street, and it is starting uh, pretty much right now. I am about two blocks away, 
as I have picked up, as I am wont to do, recording equipment. Mm-hmm. I was at the earlier demonstration at Grand Park. It was a few thousand people. I'd estimate it above three uh, in the vicinity of maybe 5,000 people passing through, clad largely in red, um, and a very spirited and positive crowd. It was uh, quite a sun field in uh, Grand Park today, so people were, uh, there was a uh, shade made for prime real estate. Uh, but it was, again, a very spirited crowd, very positive and very creative signs, Brad, many of which I cannot really uh, recite back to you due to uh, <laughs> regulations, uh, FCC-regulated airwaves that we're on currently. Understood. You say three to 5,000 uh, people marching. And it's International Women's Day, but I'm presuming it was not all women out there marching uh, on a weekday, three to 5,000. Disproportionately women. I would say we were on earlier and we were guessing... Uh, 75 to 85% women, probably closer to 85%, um, especially if you took out the reporters. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, again, it was a very spirited crowd, and uh, that was a demonstration. In fact, there are no, I believe, uh, formal marches. There are marches taking place right now. That is true. People who left uh, that demonstration, among other things, they, march, or they marched over to um, the federal building where mm-hmm. I'm headed right now with this recording equipment an event that will feature KPFK's Margaret Prescott among many other luminaries. Mm-hmm. And by the way, by the way, the, the knitting um, outlet in Atwater Village, where the now world famous Pussy Hat was designed, uh, they are <laughs> participating in a knit-in as part of the three to six p.m. <laughs> International Women's Day demonstration down in uh, at, at the Federal Building downtown, which I believe is three hundred. Los Angeles Street. It's uh, right near the uh, where the 101 freeway passes by um, the downtown near City Hall as well. The federal building downtown on Los Angeles Street side is where the demonstration will be. And uh, the, I think the object, by the way, is to knit not just pink color today, but to have a um, diversity of colors uh, of hats that are going to go fit the model of the uh, classic pussy hat design. A knit-in. I love that, Alan Minsky. Uh, okay, very good. You're going to be uh, checking in uh, throughout the afternoon and evening, I guess. Uh, any idea how, how late these uh, protests are expected to continue, these demonstrations are expected to continue today, Alan? Well, this one is slated, and it has music as well. It's 3 to 6 p.m., and uh, I will not be checking in at 4, as we will have the KPFK 4 p.m. news uh, report at 4 p.m., um, I'll probably make a brief update again at 5 o'clock. And, um, and again, it's uh, taking place right now down at uh, the Federal Building downtown. And thank you so much. And always great to talk to you live on KPFK, Brad. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for checking in. That's uh, Interim Program Director Alan Minsky here at KPFK on International Women's Day, underscoring again the importance of independent, progressive, non-commercial media. Uh, like KPFK, and most likely like the station that you are listening to uh, listening to us on right now. So thank you once again for that support. And uh, hey, demonstrators, keep up the good work. Keep raising hell. Keep uh, making noise. Uh, speaking of raising hell and making noise, Desi Doyen, you're going to be with us uh, in a little bit with the latest Green News report. Last week, Donald Trump uh, had promised clean air and clean water in his... Uh, in his address to Congress. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, but his budget proposals uh, and his own EPA and his uh, own Interior Department uh, don't seem to be 
Making sure we'll have clean air and clean water. It's like he says one thing and then does something else. What? Who could have guessed it? Desi, uh, you'll join us with that in a little bit. Uh, And no doubt, more disturbing news as you always bring. uh, You always uh, upset everybody when you show up. I am good for that. that. (laughs) Although there is one piece of good news, uh, kind of, sort of, I think, in today's Green News report. So we'll get to that in a bit. Um, But let me get to, uh, uh, well, this story right now, this is kind of amazing. John Schwartz, who was uh, of The Intercept, uh, writes for The Intercept, he was one of our guests on the broadcast earlier this week. Uh, He tweeted last night, the only way the GOP health care plan could be worse for Trump's voter base is is if it let insurance companies charge white people more. Hey, John Schwartz, don't give him any ideas. Jason Kander, the former secretary of state in Missouri, said, so they're replacing the mandate with another mandate, the tax with a bigger tax, but it's okay because it goes to corporations instead of government. He was talking about uh, the penalties, which under the uh, Republican leadership's proposed new American health care plan, Uh, the one that was supposed to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Uh, In in that plan, the mandate that everyone have health insurance, uh, that goes away, sort of. If you didn't have uh, health insurance under that plan, you'd pay a small penalty to the IRS if you did not. That penalty has been replaced with a scheme that allows insurers to charge up to 130% of the normal price of a policy. So uh, that if every American does not have continuous coverage. So, for example, if you lose your job that offered insurance and you don't buy a new policy right away within two months, you can then be charged 30% more by the insurer. So the penalty now, instead of going to the government, the penalty gets paid to the corporation, to the private insurer. Uh, so uh, that's just one part of the uh, one part of the new plan to replace Obamacare. We talked about it in great detail on yesterday's broadcast. You can download that anytime at uh, bradblog.com. That uh, that issue, uh, the, the concerns about this continuous coverage gimmick, uh, that's just one of the disasters in the GOP leadership's plan right now uh, to replace Obamacare. Don, Donald Trump lauded it as, quote, our wonderful new health care bill yesterday. And nonetheless, the complaints continue to come in from both the left and the right over this thing, pretty much everywhere in between. But the trick here, uh, of course, In order to get this thing even out of the House, it will be conservatives, at least the folks who call themselves conservatives, the conservative right. And guess what? The conservative right is revolting. You can fill in your own joke there. Uh, But that, even that, may prove to be the least right now of uh, House Speaker Paul Ryan's problem and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's problem and Donald Trump's problem when it comes to their scheme that was announced on Monday. It's already moving through House committees today. Uh, to repeal and replace Obamacare with this new national health care insurance plan, one that uh, conservative House members, uh, (laughs) this is kind of amazing. The conservative House members now are echoing the fight against the Democrats' plan back in 2010, the criticism they had at the time. 
uh, when Democrats were trying to pass Obamacare in the first place. Now they're charging that their own party, the Republicans, are trying to jam this legislation through Congress. Sound familiar? The GEO plan, uh, dubbed the American Health Care Act, has been derided as Ryan Care, Trump Care, or even worse, uh, among Republicans calling it Obamacare 2.0, Obamacare Light. It would replace the complicated Obamacare program um, that uh, succeeded, complicated or not, in adding 20 million Americans to the coverage rolls. It will replace that with a similarly compl complicated scheme that uh, critics are charging would cost more and would cover fewer people. But of course, uh, we don't know that uh, we don't know it for certain whether it will actually cost more, whether it will cover fewer people, because Republicans have refused to allow the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, to score the bill. That's the process of calculating how much it will cost, how many will gain or lose coverage uh, through this uh, through this new plan. They haven't allowed that before moving it right into House committees today. Yes, jamming it through Congress before too much critical opposition, I guess, is organized against it. But it, they may be too late for that at this point. Right now, as I said, the right is revolt, revolting. According to The Hill, conservatives in the House openly rebelled against legislation backed by their own leadership to repeal and replace Obamacare, sowing doubts about whether the legislation can pass at all. The rollout for the long-awaited health care plan released Monday evening was rocky at best. It was panned on the right as a retreat from full repeal. It was pilloried on the left as a tax giveaway to the rich and criticized from the center as potentially stripping insurance from millions of people. Nonetheless, GOP leaders so far are undaunted, reports The Hill, defending the legislation as a work in progress that will ultimately pass. U.S. House Speaker Paul Ryan said, This is the beginning of the legislative process. We'll have 218 votes. That's the number that would be needed for a simple majority in the House. We'll have 218 when this thing comes to the floor, I can guarantee you that. He says we ran on repeal and replace. That's what this is, the repeal and replace plan. But the path to a majority vote for Ryan starts with winning support from members of his own hard right Freedom Caucus who appear set against it. Jim Jordan, a Republican from Ohio, said you have to get rid of Obamacare completely. Uh, that was at a press conference with Freedom Caucus members. Uh, Rand Paul and Mike Lee senators uh, also objected to the bill. Rand Paul called the plan dead on arrival. Uh, interest groups outside uh, right wing interest groups like the Club for Growth, Heritage Action, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, they disparaged the bill as well. They called it uh, Ryan Care, Obamacare Light talk radio on the right. And that's the one that's really going to hurt. Talk radio on the right uh, has just been uh, pillaging this plan. Uh, Laura Ingram, Mark Levin, the Drudge Report, Breitbart News has been going after Paul Ryan's plan. 
So uh, top Republicans have said they may be open to some changes. Nonetheless, committee votes on the legislation have already begun less than 48 hours after the bill was introduced. Talk about jamming it through on Wednesday morning. Two powerful House committees began marking up the bill to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Alice Olstein over at TPM uh, reports they're doing so despite the fact that the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office has yet to crunch the numbers on what the plan would cost or how many people would lose their health insurance if it passes. <laughs> so the Republican authors of this bill won't even say how many people will, will be covered. They won't even say how much this thing is actually going to cost. They are vaguely assuring everyone that it will be, quote, fiscally responsible. Okay, we'll trust them. And in the meantime, though, they're going out of their way to beat up on the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, the nonpartisan CBO that, uh, you know, scores these bills, lets us lets the American people know what is expected from these bills, how much it's going to cost. Who's going to, how many people will be covered? How many people will lose their coverage? Well, preemptively, Republicans are disparaging the CBO. I have a feeling they know what's coming. Uh, Senator Tim Scott told TPM that the CBO is consistently inconsistent. They can't predict the actual results of a 10-year window because life changes so quickly. So I don't want to put that much weight on a CBO score. Congressman David Bratt uh, from the Freedom Caucus over on the House side uh, said that uh, the CBO, they've scored everything wrong for decades. Don't listen to the CBO. They don't know what they're doing. Congressman Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania said, to tell you the truth, the CBO, I don't see where they get it right. I don't know what variables or parameters they use to score the thing. I don't have a lot of confidence in the CBO process. <laughs> Asked uh, whose report uh, he would rely on, if not uh, that of the nonpartisan CBO, Thompson said, trust me, this bill will be subject to all kinds of alternative analysis. Well, that's true. We already have some of that alternative analysis. Standard & Poor's estimated that 2 to 4 million people would drop out of the individual insurance market because of rising premium costs under the Republican plan. They found that another four to six million would lose their Medicare, their, I'm sorry, their Medicaid coverage. So we're talking about anywhere from six to ten million would lose coverage, according to Standard and Poor's. The Brookings Institute estimates that as many as 15 million people could lose their coverage because the repeal of the individual mandate would drive up costs for those who remain uninsured. Former Congressman Mick Mulvaney, a Republican from South Carolina, he's the newly confirmed director of the White House's Office of Management and Budget. He promised today that uh, when the, the CBO finally does release its score, it will be, quote, really good or even great. That's the promise from the White House. We're going to uh, see this bill is going to be great. It's going to be great for everyone. Republican lawmakers say that instead of the CBO score, they'll rely on their own internal estimates of the plan's cost and the impact on uh, on insurance prices. Okay, well that should work. We'll just we'll just rely on what the Republicans think about the Republican plan for health care. Um, but if that's not good enough uh, for you. 
Uh, some of the largest medical advocacy groups in the country, the largest and most powerful, uh, have now come out both yesterday and today against the Republican plan. Richard Pollack, the uh, CEO and president of the American Hospital Association, that's a major hospital group, represents some 5,000 hospitals, 270,000 affiliated uh, physicians, 2 million nurses and other caregivers across the country. So uh, Pollack, the CEO of the, uh, the AHA, American Hospital Association, on behalf of their members, sent a letter to Congress on, uh, on Tuesday with concerns about the uh, GOP overhaul of Medicaid that is included in the so-called American Health Care Act. Uh, they write, uh, we believe that any changes to the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, must be guided by ensuring that we continue to provide health care coverage for the tens of millions of Americans who have benefited from the law. We look forward to continuing to work with, uh, with the Congress and the administration on ACA reform. But, he writes, we cannot support the American Health Care Act in its current form. goes on to point out that the uh, effort to restructure Medicaid, for example, will have the effect of making significant reductions in the program that provides services to our most vulnerable populations. And he warned against moving forward with the bill before the CBO has returned its score. Any ability ability to evaluate the American Health Care Act, he says, is severely hampered by the lack of coverage estimates by the Congressional Budget Office, lacking that level of analysis and needed transparency. We urge that Congress should wait until an estimate is available before proceeding with formal consideration. Well, that's from the AHA. 5,000 hospitals, 270,000 physicians, 2 million nurses all represented. They say we can't support this as is. Wait for the CBO. Well, the Republicans are not waiting. And that's not the only major medical group, by the way, who has come out against the GOP uh, plan to repeal and replace. The American Medical Association put out a letter today and outlined uh, uh, provisions that they were concerned about in the American Health Care Act that they say would have an adverse impact on patients and the health of the nation. Largely, they, uh, they say due to the decline in health insurance coverage that the bill would, uh, would cause, would likely cause. Therefore, the AMA is unable to support the AHCA as drafted. The AMA supported health system uh, reform. Uh, the AMA supported health system reform legislation in 2010, they say, because it was a significant improvement on the status quo at the time. And although it was imperfect, they're talking about Obamacare here, we continue to embrace its primary goal, making high-quality, affordable health coverage accessible to all Americans. AMA President Andrew Gurman uh, said, uh, as drafted, the AHCA would result in millions of Americans losing coverage and benefits by replacing income-based premium subsidies with age-based tax credits. The bill, they say, will also make coverage more expensive, if not out of reach, for, for, uh, for poor and sick Americans. For these reasons, AMA cannot support the American uh, Health Care Act as it is currently written. So uh, the AHA is against it. The AMA is against it. And in a statement today from the AARP, 
one of the most influential groups in domestic policy. They represent millions of Americans 50 years of age and older. The AARP, ARP, was a, a crucial backer of, uh, of Obamacare originally, uh, the Affordable Care Act. Uh, they have uh, repeatedly defended the Affordable Care Act over the years, but uh, AARP Executive Vice President Nancy Lamond announced AARP's opposition to the House plan that would make the change to our current health care system, such as shortening the life of Medicare, hiking costs for those who can least afford higher insurance premiums, risking seniors' ability to live independently, and giving tax breaks to big drug companies and health insurance companies. Other than that, ARP is loving this bill, along with the AMA and the AHA and all the rest. Uh, although no one believes the current health care system is perfect, ARP writes this harmful, harmful legislation would make health care less secure and less affordable than it is now. <clears throat> their, uh, their letter, however, did praise Republicans uh, for, for what the bill did not aim to repeal from Obamacare, like protections for persons with pre-existing conditions, allowing young people to stay on their parents' insurance plans until the age of 26. But never mind the medical groups. Uh, never mind. Forget about them, too. Never mind the right-wing interest groups like the Koch-funded Americans for Prosperity and the Heritage Foundation who are against it. What about the GOP's own people, their own House and Senate caucuses who need to pass this thing? Republican uh, just, uh, Congressman uh, Justin Amash, a member of the Congressional Freedom Caucus, charges that his own party's leadership, as I mentioned at the top, is trying to ram its plan to repeal and replace Obamacare through Congress. Echoing uh, what all of the Republicans uh, used to try to criticize Obamacare originally back in 2010, here's Congressman Justice Amash on CNN. If there was one change that would get you on board with this bill, what would it be? They have to start over. Uh, I think the problem actually is that they're not working with Democrats. The whole uh, objective of our leadership team is to ram this through, then go to phase two and have the HHS secretary make the changes. And, and those changes are only in place as long as he's the secretary. But and Congress, then you really then think the, that your the Republican leadership want to ram this through? That's exactly I, what Republicans what Republicans criticized Democrats of so much back in 2009-2010. I think they do want to ram this through, and that's why we're already having committee markups on it. And the third phase requires us to work with Democrats, so I think we should be working with them from now to see where we can find common ground. I think that we can convince Democrats that repeal and major reforms to the health care system are needed. Uh, you know, Congressman, administration officials talking about kind of the path forward. They say that the White House is going to be putting on a full court press to get this bill through. And part of that, part of their kind of strategy here is engaging members of Congress. Um, like they point to the president did last night in a tweet to Rand Paul saying that, you know, my friend Rand Paul, he'll get on, he should hope he can get on board. Would a tweet from the president change your mind? No. Um, and uh, I don't think it's going to change Rand Paul's mind either. 
That was Congressman Justin uh, Mosh of uh, Michigan <clears throat> uh, speaking somewhat on behalf of the uh, Freedom Caucus saying, no, we ain't budging on that. Did I, by the way, did I call him Justice Amash before? The, I didn't mean that. Uh, uh, Justin Amash. Yeah, it was a little quick thing. But, you know. he, he's, he's not on the Supreme Court yet. Uh, but hey, maybe in exchange for his vote, Donald Trump might uh, Don't consider give him any ideas. I know, I know. Uh, so uh, that was, uh, that's what they're facing. That's what the Republicans are facing in trying to get this passed. We had Ryan Grimm, the D.C. bureau chief uh, from Huffington Post, on yesterday's broadcast from Capitol Hill uh, as all of this was just beginning to emerge uh, as the disaster it now appears at least to be uh, to, for Republicans to repeal and replace Obamacare. Uh, it, it, you know, remember, this was such a disaster. They've been pretending for eight years it was such a disaster Obamacare was that it had to be completely destroyed. I was struck, however, by the uh, the stark terms that uh, that uh, Ryan Grimm uh, put uh, all of this into, as we talked about it on yesterday's show. You can download the full interview at bradblog.com, uh, but I want to play a quick clip, uh, and then we'll get to your calls. 818-985-5735. Um, you know, can any of this pass? Can any of this move anywhere? Uh, in any event, I asked uh, Ryan Grimm uh, why all of this wasn't worked out by the leadership in advance by the GOP leadership. They've had eight years to bring all of their stakeholders together um, on a replacement plan. And certainly they've had at least four months since the election to figure this out. Grimm suggests that Paul Ryan <clears throat> and the uh, and the Republicans are not actually trying to repeal and replace with this plan at all because they know that they can't. Uh, so to some extent, they may just be going through the motions, a bit of uh, kabuki theater here, if you will, at this point, to try and pretend at least that they are fulfilling their political promise. Here's Ryan Grimm. They're pretending. I mean, people have to... And also they didn't think they were going to win the election. Uh, they didn't think they were going to catch this car that they've been chasing chasing down the road. The problem for them is that Obamacare itself was basically designed by the Heritage Foundation years ago. So how was this not worked out? Well, it suggests that it, to me that it's not actually a serious attempt. You know, they have a series of, of bad options that uh, they kind of created for themselves by running against, you know, by running on repeal for so long. Mm -hmm. But now they have to, but they can't because the things that they have promised can't be done right. without spending more money. Right. It's not really that they don't want to do it. It's, it's more that they can't do it. Like, there is no plan that costs less money uh, gives and gives better coverage uh, for cheaper. I mean, there is. It, right. It's called Medicare for All. Right. But, but they're know, not going to do that. There is no plan that I can see that both wins the support of, 51 senators or 50 plus Mike Pence and also uh, enough members of the Freedom Caucus to get through the House. Like, I don't see where that plan is. I mean, this plan right now that's on the table is too far to the right to get past the Senate. And it's not far enough to the right to get past the House. So if you move it left, you still don't get through the House. If you move it right... You're already screwed in the Senate, so now you're even more screwed in the Senate. So I don't see that. I don't see it. I suppose anything's possible, and like some lightning could strike, and the thing magically gets some support, and then become goes from theater to reality, and 
and and I don't think anybody should let their guard down. Um, I think Ryan's plan B, plan A for him is you squeak it through with 218 votes, uh, and then they and then he's done, and they fight it over in the Senate. Uh, plan B would be you come back with like the Freedom Caucus's dream bill, and it passes with a lot of votes, uh, but it dies in the Senate. I mean, there's Trump's plan of let the thing collapse and hope Democrats take the blame. <laughs> so not a lot of good options there. That was Ryan Grimm on yesterday's broadcast. You can download that entire interview uh, from Capitol Hill there uh, at bradblog.com. Uh, so where are we now? I know we're running late here, so I got to get out. I want to get to your calls. Uh, will the GOP, will the right fold on this thing? like they usually do? Will Donald Trump ride in to save the day? We're now hearing reports that uh, he's the uh, he's the only one who can save this if he starts working the phones and working these Congress members. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the GOP plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. Will it work? Will it get passed in the first place, much less will it work to, uh, you know, cover more people for less money than Obamacare. Will the Republicans come home as they always seem to? Uh, what do you think about the bill? You got any questions about it? I'll try to answer them. I've been uh, studying it hard uh, for the last 48 hours. I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. A quick bra- break, and we are back with more. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. <laughs> Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Little 80s, uh, return of the 80s there, does Thompson Twins. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. All right, your calls on uh, this uh, attempt to uh, finally repeal and replace the dreaded Obamacare. Uh, will Republicans be able to do it? Uh, frankly, will Democrats be able to stick together and hold the line in both the House and the, uh, and the U.S. Senate? 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-5735. Ryan Grimm, by the way, who you heard uh, before the break, um, is saying he did not see a way forward uh, for Republicans in either the House or the Senate. Uh, does argue today, does report today, I should say, over at Huffington Post that the difference will be Donald Trump if he sees this bill collapsing and decides to put his full weight behind it. Uh, Paul Ryan, you know, if it looks like it's going to fail, uh, Trump is going to start picking up the phone and making calls. Uh, And that may uh, move some of these Freedom Caucus folks, particularly since the uh, head of the congressional, I'm sorry, the uh, Office of Management and Budget at the White House, Mick Mulvaney, is a former Freedom Caucus guy. Tom Price, now the head of HHS, Health and Human Services. Uh, He's a, a former Freedom Caucus guy. 
So don't count them out yet in the U.S. House. Um, the Senate, that could be a closer call. They can't afford to lose more than two senators on the Republican side. Uh, let's get to some calls. Uh, oh, it's International Women's Day, so let's go to Emma first in Pasadena. Hey, Emma, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Listen, I think this is the moment where the uh, Democrats and all good people ought to stand up and hit hard and in demand for universal health care. And in that, you see we have a bit of a compromise, but I still think... Go for it in full sincerity and hit hard and don't relent. This is the moment to do it. This is the moment that's needed. The other thing I'd like to correct that you said earlier, or maybe it was an mm-hmm. oversight, I don't know if you were aware that uh, Donald Trump last week actually signed into a bill that allows Coke to dump all their coal residual into the streams and therefore the byproduct, the marshes, the oceans of the world. Oh, yes. We have been covering that in great detail on the broadcast and on the Green News Report for the past uh, week or two, uh, but it deserves mention again. So thanks for doing that, Emma. Greatly okay. appreciate it. appreciate the call. Uh, 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK, if you'd like to ring in on this uh, Obamacare, Affordable Care Act, American Health Care Act mess. Uh, let's go to George in uh, Coarse Gold, California. Hey, George, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks, Brad. I, I only learned this week about the Affordable Care Act that uh, the wealthy were being uh, forced to pay higher taxes to subsidize the poor, and uh, that's sounds to me like the main motivation for the Republicans to get rid of the ACA. And regarding what Emma said, I, I had one correction for her. Yeah. Uh, it's not universal health care we want. We want Medicare for all. And maybe maybe uh, Susan Sarandon had it right. We have to let the Republicans drive us off the cliff before people will realize we need we need uh, Medicare for all. Yeah, you know, I heard a lot of people saying that before the election. Oh, maybe it'll get so bad that we'll uh, we'll realize, you know, how important it is for uh, for health care uh, for all, for single payer, for med- uh, Medicare for all, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, y- you know what? Yeah, maybe that will come to pass. And, but I said uh, in the run up to the election to people who called in with that notion, uh, you know, I'm glad you can survive that. I'm glad, uh, you know, when, when oh, it needs to get so bad before we make changes. Well, you know what? I don't like the uh, Obamacare either. I don't like the Affordable Care Act either. I, you know, we rallied uh, hard on this show for uh, for single-payer uh, plan uh, and, and and without that, at least a public option. But the idea that, uh, you know, 20 million people could lose their coverage, could lose their access to health care, even if it's an imperfect plan. Um, you know, well, I think I, generally I like the people I know you're, you're not necessarily saying that, but there's a lot of people who are saying that. Uh, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm glad you got coverage. I'm glad you're not going to be one of the people who are going to die in the streets to make your political point. Let me let me just close and yeah. say. Tom Perez and the Democrats have got to make Medicare for All the main cause for 2018. If they're going to win the Senate back and the, and the White House, they've got to do this. Thank you. I hear you. I appreciate the call, George. Uh, 818-985-5735. Uh, let's go to uh, Natalie in Pasadena. Hey, Natalie, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Well, what do you think about this uh, <laughs> this this mess that uh, the Republicans have on their hands to repeal and replace Obamacare? I'm ashamed, but 
uh, Congressman John Conyers, who was one of our elder statesmen who needs to be highly respected and brought out, has got uh, House Bill 676, which I believe is the Medicare for All. I called my congressperson to co-sponsor it. The free number is 877-622-2889. Press 0 for operator and ask for your congressperson. And thank, thank you, Natalie. I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, you know, public pressure works. Public pressure works even on, you know, if you've got, uh, if, if you'd like to block Paul Ryan's uh, a plan to potentially uproot health care for millions of Americans, you know, don't rest easy that you've got, oh, my Democratic congressperson, they're, they're you know, they're going to vote against this, against this. Let them know. Make them hear you. The public pressure right now, the public pressure along with the media, along with the courts. These are the things that are saving us right now. Um, you know, d don't presume your Congress member is going to do the right thing. That's always a mistake. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Let's go to, oh, is it more? Uh, Morris in Long Beach. Uh, hey, Morris, welcome to the broadcast. Welcome back to the broadcast, Morris. Hey, you know something, uh, I, Brad, the uh, ACA yeah. is a Republican health care program. You know that, right? Uh, the, originally, yeah, that's the problem, and that's why Ryan uh, Grimm was talking about it. They, they can't replace it because this was their scheme in the first place. They've been pretending it's terrible all of these years, but it was a Republican scheme to start with. Well, they're busted. Listen, you just had a caller that uh, I really appreciated what he said. Those guys messed with the ACA. They just handed Congress over to the Democrats in 2018 if they don't drop the ball. Talk to you later, Brad. Uh, hey, Morris, before you go, are you still there? Do you, do you still have more? Oh, I lost him. More. I wanted to tell uh, Morris. I heard. Uh, I heard him call in uh, to the uh, to the uh, Lawyers Guild show, which is another show on uh, on KPFK. And Morris, if you're still listening, you were awesome. Uh, he talked about verifiable elections, the need to be able to oversee our own elections, to count, to have the public actually count our ballots. Uh, and, and he would just went on and on. I thought I was listening to the broadcast. It was actually the, the MoCast, I think, is what that was. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the latest revelations about the U.S. government's powerful hacking tools potentially takes surveillance right into the homes and hip pockets of billions of users worldwide, showing how a remarkable variety of everyday devices can be turned to, uh, to spy on their owners. That from uh, Washington Post late last night. Uh, on this latest uh, dump from, uh, from WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks documents, televisions, smartphones, and even antivirus software are all vulnerable to CIA hacking, according to these uh, documents that were released on Tuesday. The capabilities described uh, include recording the sounds, images, and private text messages of users, even when they resort to encrypted apps to communicate. And this is the point I want to make real quick before we I know we got to get out for G uh, for a Green News report. But um, these documents show that they are able to even get around encryption on these uh, on these apps, on these iPhone apps and so forth. Now, if you've been following the broadcast over many years, uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, voting, 
voting on paper ballots, hand counting publicly, hand counting those paper ballots. Uh, But what you hear more and more, and we're going to see this, I'm afraid, out here in Los Angeles soon, we're going to be going to 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems in uh, out here in the largest uh, voting jurisdiction in the country soon. Um, But you'll hear when you hear people talk about electronic voting, online voting and so forth. Oh, it's encrypted. It's military grade encryption. It can't possibly be hacked in any way, shape or form. Well, here we have evidence uh, that the CIA is able to work around these encryption schemes. How many times do I have to say this? Will the U.S. figure this out? We reported on yesterday's show that France has figured it out. They're canceling online voting for overseas voters uh, in their upcoming legislative elections because of fear of hacking. The Netherlands already did that uh, earlier this year uh, for fear of hacking. But they years ago, when their voting systems were found to be hackable, they got rid of their uh, electronic voting systems. But now the Netherlands has got rid of the uh, computer counting Uh, counting the paper. They had paper ballots, but they're counted by computers. We are not only still counting by computers virtually everywhere in this country, um, but, you know, now we still hear people talking about online voting, and every time they do, they say, oh, well, it's encrypted. You don't have to worry about that. It's encryption. (sighs) Makes it, A, even more difficult for the public to oversee. But B, as we now know from this uh, WikiLeaks dump, the CIA can work right around encrypted technology. Man. (sighs) More people in this country need to listen to the broadcast. I'm going to take a quick break and we are back with, uh, with Desi Doyen and the Green News Report. Maybe some of your calls if we have more time. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Remember me, the guy who was warning you about Donald Trump from the day he entered the race, when the rest of the U.S. media were telling you his candidacy was a joke, that he'd never win, and that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. We told you otherwise from the beginning and up until Election Day. Well, we may have been right, but we still don't have corporate or foundational support. We still rely on you to stay on your public airwaves. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate to support the work that Desi Doyen and I do every day. This country ain't going to save itself, but we can all do it together. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thank you. Oh, hi, Desi. Well, look, it's Desi Doyen. Uh, welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com with Desi Doyen. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's already turning hot. We've been, uh, I've been complaining and whining that it's uh, been so rainy for the last how many uh, weeks? <laughs> I know. Well, now you I'm never are satisfied with the weather here in Los Angeles. I know, so. I'm not. Uh, all right, should we get to it? Because we may be able to take uh, another caller or two after our uh, Green News report here, but we should get to it. Our latest Green News report. My administration wants to work with members of both parties to promote clean air and clean water. Trump promises clean air and water, but his budget promises the opposite. 
EPA rolls back methane reporting rules on behalf of the fossil fuel industry. Interior Department rolls back rules requiring the fossil fuel industry to pay taxpayers more in royalties. Wind energy capacity now equal to hydroelectric dam capacity in the United States. Plus, lead is back on the menu for hunters and anglers. It's what's for dinner. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. But America's still a great country. America, boy, you just need a break from science. (laughs) This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, the uh, former Oklahoma Attorney General, enemy of the EPA, now the head of the EPA, Scott Pruitt, is wasting no time paying back his benefactors now that he's the head of the Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah, that's right. The new EPA administrator, Scott Pruitt, has already granted his first favor to the oil and gas industry. He withdrew an Obama-era rule requiring oil and gas companies to report how much methane they're emitting when they extract oil and gas on public lands. Oil and gas drillers are the largest emitters of methane in the U.S. It's a potent greenhouse gas that causes air pollution and dangerous global warming. But hey, there's no need to worry about air quality now since no one will be measuring it. And since America is great again. Problem solved. The new Interior Secretary, Ryan Zinke, suspended a new rule requiring the fossil fuel industry to pay the public more in royalties for oil, gas, and coal extracted from the public's lands. Zinke also restored a loophole in federal coal leasing rules that has allowed coal companies to legally cheat taxpayers for decades. Closing that loophole would have increased royalty payments to the U.S. Treasury by an estimated $85 million a year. Interior Secretary Zinke also put lead back on the menu for those who hunt and fish. Sounds delicious. On his very first day, Zinke granted a request from the National Rifle Association to rescind a regulation banning the use of bullets containing lead on all federal lands in national parks and wildlife refuges. The lead bullets inadvertently kill other wildlife and can contaminate game eaten by hunters and their families. So this could kill a lot of hunters. Apparently. And their families. Yep. There's the downside. We now have more details on the drastic cuts the Trump administration is planning for federal science agencies. According to documents obtained by the Associated Press, the budget of the Environmental Protection Agency would be cut by 25 percent. Staff would be cut by 20 percent. Climate protection research would be cut by 70 percent. And the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative would be cut by 97 percent. That would impact the water supply of eight states. Other regional water quality programs for heavily polluted areas like Chesapeake Bay, Puget Sound, and the Gulf of Mexico would also be cut as much as 90%. And it's even worse for the nation's beaches. The budget will be completely eliminating the EPA's water quality testing program for the beaches. Wasn't it just a week ago when speaking to Congress that he promised to protect air and water? He must have a different definition of what that means. I'm starting to think Donald Trump doesn't always tell the truth. In his first joint address to Congress, President Trump claimed that massive increases in military spending would spur innovation. America has always been the country that boldly leads the world into the future. And my budget will ensure we do so and continue to do exactly that. 
However, the proposed budget cuts to NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, would be the exact opposite of that. According to documents obtained by the Washington Post, NOAA would be cut by nearly 20 percent, along with our world-leading weather satellite program, which provides 90 percent of the nation's weather forecasting data. Critics are calling these cuts self-sabotage because NOAA's data is used in every economic sector, from agriculture to long-term business forecasting. The cuts to NOAA could not only hamper research, but also put American lives at risk. Yeah, NOAA is actually a part of the Commerce Department. I had no idea. Why is that? Because of its crucial nature to pretty much every single business sector in the United States. Mm, I guess somebody forgot to tell Donald Trump about that. Apparently. Finally, despite all that, a bit of good news. Wind energy capacity in the United States is now equal to that of hydroelectric dam capacity in the United States. That means that in the last 10 years, so many wind farms have been constructed that wind energy capacity can now equal that of hydroelectric dams. That's good news. <laughs> and that's all I've got. Especially since our dams are collapsing. Oy. At least the wind will work. For much more on all of those stories and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us, follow us, and share us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Well, one day soon, that dam is going to break, and it'll wash you away, it'll wash you away, mm-hmm. Hope that uh, day doesn't come soon. Uh, thank you very much, Desi Doyen. By the way, how is the Oroville Dam uh, holding up after that relentless week of rain? Has the have the engineers? Their scheme to release water, so far, so good, as far as we know? Yeah, I mean, basically, they're in the middle of trying to make emergency repairs because that's what they need to do. Because this is not going to get much easier once all of that snowpack that's in the California Mm. mountains starts melting. We're going to have the same problem all over again with a lot of water coming into the reservoirs and needing to be let go. So, you know, they've done a lot of structural examination of what's happening. This is going to be a very expensive repair. Well, uh, says you. Remember, Donald (laughs) Trump is uh, going to bring us $1 trillion of infrastructure spending. Yeah, that'll be coming soon. Problems with that, too, the infrastructure spending. Yeah, it depends on the details. As usual, the devil is in the details. Of course. And he's not going to do it. I mean, it's there are some details. This private uh, these private getting uh, private investors to to basically what will attract a private investor is not usually a dam that doesn't make any money for them. Yeah. Fix this dam. What's in it for us? Nothing. Okay then. See you later. Right. That's why we have government. Um, I'm going to get to uh, an, another call if I have uh, a moment here very quickly. But uh, on the, on the Twitters where you can uh, tweet, uh, find, follow, share, and harass me anytime on the Twitters as the Brad Blog. Thin Wallet Justice tweets in to say, "No Trump care, no Obamacare, yes single payer." Thank you for your show. Well, thank you for your uh, for your tweet, Thin Wallet Justice. Let me uh, very quickly here go to uh, Scott in uh, in Camarillo. Hey, Scott, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, how you doing? I'm okay. How hey, are you? Uh, yeah, I, single payer. I, I grew up in Canada, so I'm a big fan of it. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yep. Stat, here's three stats that all Americans need to know: 
640,000 families go bankrupt in America every year because of health care, mm-hmm. medical expenses. Yep. doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. Next fact is we spend twice as much as Britain per capita on health care. The next fact is that we rank 43rd in life expectancy in the world. We by no means, and oh, by the way, everybody above us, pretty much everybody, has single payer. And that last fact is put out by the CIA. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, now go ahead, Scott. And that's, that, that to me, we, that's why we have to move to it. Your house can be burning down, but don't worry, the fire department will save that. But everybody in the house could die getting to the hospital because they can't afford it. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. Here's the question, Scott. Uh, now that we are at this point, uh, and this sort of goes to what uh, Thin Wallet Justice was also saying on, on, right. uh, on Twitter, uh, yes, si- single payer sounds great. Um, but uh, we're moving in the op- opposite direction. At this point, I mean, we've got, you know, this Republican plan that is going to take away health care for potentially millions of Americans. We had a lot of people, you know, prior to the election saying, hey, uh, Donald Trump won't be all that bad, I guess. Um, it, you know, if in fact he was elected as the results are, have been reported, Um Seems like we're moving in the wrong direction from single payer. I'm not sure how uh, we're supposed to get there at this point, Scott. Yeah, there is a way to get there. And it keeps Aetna, Blue Cross, uh, Anthem, all of those people in play. Because what they become, because they've got all the data. Mm-hmm. It's like your auto insurance company, Geico or whatever. They've got all the data. Mm-hmm. What they become is the advocate for improving your health. So in other words, you pay your Medicare expense, your single-payer expense, you just pay that out of your taxes. And mm-hmm. that way it's actually progressive, not regressive. And then the other thing that happens... But, but I mean, is, politically, Scott, how does yeah. this happen? We ha- don't we have to deal with reality as far... And, not, and I'm not right. saying that, you know, we, we shouldn't advocate for absolutely the best thing. So I'm not one of these people saying, hey, we'll never get single-payer, so forget it. You know, that's, that's Hillary Clinton talking. I'm saying, yes, we absolutely should advocate for it. I'm just not sure I see where the political path is to get there right yeah. now. Sadly, yeah, sadly, I don't think it's there in the Republicans or the Democrats because... The corporation structure puts too many hands in the pocket until they see, as you just pointed out with the dams analogy, until they see that there is an opportunity to make clean profit, and there is a way to show that on paper, then the politicians will support it, and then the health care providers will support it. But right now, no one's thinking out of the box. They're just thinking going down the same path. Thank There's you. A way to keep everybody in play and make sure that they all get a profit. Th- and that's America. Thank you, Scott. Continue thinking out of the box. We'll try to uh, continue <laughs> to join you in that effort. I appreciate the call. I appreciate all of the callers uh, who, who rang in today. Uh, thank you. My thanks also to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, You can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com or over at iTunes or your favorite uh, podcast site, including kpfk.org. Hope you will uh, will leave us a good review when you do that, by the way. It makes it a little bit easier for everyone else to find us as well over at iTunes. My thanks to Kiana, our board op today. Uh, And, uh, oh, you can drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. 
And find, follow, share, and harass us on the Twitters and the Facebooks at The Brad Blog. We will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.